What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Southeastern 14. It's another edition of Bets and Ball Games with Edwards and Greason. I'm Brian Edwards. He is Jay Greason joining us from Chattanooga. What's going on, brother? Not much, my man. Uh, getting ready for uh, a busy weekend. Uh, got two kids at the house, Halloween, into the high school football season. All those things are starting up basketball. All those things are just I feel like I'm juggling chainsaws on a tightrope as somebody's shooting pellet guns at me. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. You're a busy man. Um, all right, let's get into before we or before we get into this week's action. Let's hit on a few takeaways from last week. Obviously, the big one being Rock Bowers' injury that we'll get to in a minute, and. Um, Missouri's this close from being 7-0, and and they might be a problem with two weeks to prepare for Athens, whereas Georgia will be coming off a rivalry game. Three, LSU might win the SEC championship. That's just a thought of mine. You haven't – I, I want to hear your reaction to that. Four, um, Billy Napier's not getting fired this year, and maybe I was wrong about Graham Mertz. He's playing pretty good ball, not elite elite, but 12 to 2 TDINT. I would have taken that in a 5 and 2 record. And um I don't know how big of a hot and I need to reach out to some of my Arkansas media uh people that I know. Um I don't know how big of the hot seat uh Sam Pittman, I don't know how hot it is, but those boys ain't quitting and they made things very very interesting in Tuscaloosa last week and then last but not least, the 94 yards or less passing streak for Auburn is over. Well, I mean, they played against an LSU defense that gives up 9,004 passing yards per game. And they – so, yay. Uh, <laughs> we'll, start, we'll start at the end there because – as you are starting to try to talk yourself into Billy Napier potentially being the guy, good recruiting class, five and two, as you've said, you've got Graham Mertz at quarterback, and that really sounds way more like the guy who's doing my taxes than the guy I want quarterback in my college football team. So, I mean, I'm fine with you opening your reopening your glass by speckled eyes at whether you think Napier's a dude or not. I can't. I have to sit here as an Auburn graduate and say, "What the hell was that, Hugh Freeze? You had two weeks. You had two weeks, and we still can't settle on one dude taking snaps because your idol and mine, Stephen Orr Spurrier, said many, many, many moons ago, if you think you've got two quarterbacks, you got no quarterbacks, and Auburn's got no quarterbacks. So, at some point, pick a horse and ride, Hugh. Pick a horse." and ride because this ain't working as for the rest uh brady cook's good i mean he is good brady cook's good so uh are we sleeping on eli drinkwitz is he like the fifth best coach in this league i I know for a fact a&m would trade right now if they didn't have to pay the buyout they trade jimbo fisher for eli drinkwitz Look around. And they'd the send three future they'd send three future first round picks. They'd have five million dollars in the NIL collective. I mean, they that, hey, all that. No, they're they'll hey, they'll be happy to pay that freight. The uh no doubt. I mean, you start looking up and Shane Beamer, 
Don't kick the cooler. Dear Lord, dude. Your, your father made a career on special teams and dominating the kicking game. And the only thing you're doing is you're breaking your right foot, you clown. I mean, we asked two weeks ago if – is Lane Kiffin good at this? I still don't know the answer. I don't know if Shane Beamer's good at this. I mean, he, he, ha, he has ridden one Tennessee win late last year. Like, like he's the Lone Ranger, and that is high-o silver, buddy. So, but you're right. The biggest takeaway, I, I, I can't think Pittman is really on the hot seat because of the injuries Arkansas I hope has. not. I, I mean, hope not. I mean, and, and they overachieved last year. I don't know. But, and you pointed this out last week, and it was very astute. The SEC scheduling crew bent them over and lubed them up with five straight weeks getting on a plane because that's just not right. So, Four. I mean, I expect them to play. Well, they haven't. They haven't played at home since middle of September. September sixteenth. So, I mean, it, it's just. But if we're going to have a discussion about Brock Bowers, I, from everybody I've talked to in Athens, and I know a few people down there, Brock Bowers is going to do everything in his power to return because he loves the University of Georgia. He's that kind of a dude. He's that kind of a teammate. He loves these guys, and there is value, lifetime value, especially in a football-crazy state like Georgia. If you can walk around and say you are three, you are a meaningful contributor to a three-time national champion. But if I'm Brock Bauer Sr., I'm having a serious conversation that you better be cleared by multiple doctors and be checked off at, at 160%. And I know that is a statistical impossibility. But everybody better say there is no other way unless somebody falls on it because football is a violent game and you can get hurt. Hell, you can get hurt crossing the street and you get hit by a car. But if Brock Bowers re-injures that ankle because he comes back too quick just to try to be a decoy in the SEC championship game and he goes to Indianapolis and runs a 4.85 instead of a 4.58, he goes from being a top eight pick to maybe even being a second day pick. Because in this day and age of tight ends, he's going to have to be more Darren Waller than George Kittle. And running a 4.85 will cost him multi, will cost him seven figures. Easy. Yeah. Um, so I, I, when Tua had his uh, tightrope surgery, uh, in 2019, a good buddy of mine's an ortho surgeon around here. You might even remember his his name, Michael Gilmore. Uh, played for the Gators and the uh, White Boy Safety in the mid uh, 90s, and he um, he lives right down the street from me. And he um, he does these tightrope surgeries several a week. And, and so I got him on the phone and was asking him all these questions when Tua was going to try to come back 20 days out of surgery, and he said, you know. I know the Alabama medical staff, they're treating him like a king. He's getting the top medical service there is. He goes, there's no way he's above 75 or 80% in 20 days. That was a quarterback who can take it out of the shotgun and just, you know, kind of throw it around. And what Dr. Gilmore told me, I call him Gilly, but for professional purposes, we'll call him Dr. Gilmore. He said when he's got a scramble, that's when he's going to be in trouble. And I don't know if you remember this, the first scramble he had, he was wide open to walk in for a touchdown. He just dropped the ball out of nowhere, just unforced. Right. And by the and by the end of the game, he had had to scramble a lot, 
whatever injection they had had worn off, and he could barely. I mean, he was just limping off the field. But that's a quarterback. Um, when they go at Tennessee, November eighteenth, you know, a tight end's got to cut and you know move laterally every play and so that's a whole different ball game it'll be 35 days from the injury 33 days out of surgery so uh add 14 to that so sec championship game would be 47 days out of surgery 49 days removed uh from the injury just just throwing that out there um i, I also think if you're uh you know mr bowers senior you know what kind of? I have no idea what kind of insurance policy he has. I don't know what kind of ins. I don't know what kind of NIL money he makes. Uh, insurance. I don't even know how much insurance policy pays these days, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sure all that will go into it. But like you you noted, there's a lot to be said. I mean, let's say he has a massive injury in the NFL. If you can walk around Atlanta with all those Georgia Bulldog fans, and you're a three time Natty winner, and I think you said a contributor. How about the catalyst, or, or one of the top two or three catalysts for three Natty? teams that is a big deal and that's a lifetime uh thing so yeah we'll see on that um any thoughts you on me were, throwing out were, there that you, I, were, you worked in atlanta i grew up outside of atlanta if worst case scenario and they let my seventh grade daughter perform this tightrope surgery and they had to cut his leg off at the knee dude's gonna be a millionaire because there are no telling the Georgia Bulldog homers and sponsors who from Valdosta to Visalia from Macon to Moultrie who are going to make Vidalia Vidalia not Visalia <laughs> that there's there's two of them brother I, I, I I've been up okay. and down the beach state all, okay. all my life relax my I, I got all the I got all the alliteration <laughs> Georgia towns you need all right I can go from Rome to Ringgold I can go to Austell to Atlanta I, I, I got them all. Savannah to Somerville, gotcha. I got them all. But the uh, Brock Bowers is fine. And, I mean, and let's also remember that the entire Bowers clan comes from Napa Valley, California. Not exactly the capital of homelessness in, in, the, in these United States of America. I didn't figure he was broke. Right. But go ahead. Right. Well, I, 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 I hate it because even though he gutted Auburn, he single-handedly changed the, the tenor and the tide of that game. But that dude, I mean, he's a guy that's easy to root for. He's like when Tebow was at Florida. I mean, you may, you may have hated Urban Meyer, but you couldn't hate Tebow. I mean, nope. he's Tebow. I mean, you could Timmy hate touchdowns and, and not like their fans or – it be upset because they're winning every single week, but Brock Powers is cool. Yeah, no doubt. I, I was driving to Statesboro one time and I saw a sign for Vidalia, uh, like 25 miles. And I think like two miles later, I could smell the onions. All right. There we're done with Vidalia for the day. All right. I don't know if I'm going out of order in terms of kickoff times, uh, actually, I'm pretty sure Mississippi State uh, at Arkansas is a uh, noon Eastern uh, game. And, yeah, they uh, – how about that play where KJ was like, get off me, you little boy. The guy had him all sacked, and then he got away, and then they made a big play. And, boy, that got exciting there for a minute, and I was just – I wanted Pittman to get that one so bad. And so now, like like you mentioned, I mean, they um, 
haven't played at home since mid-September, had to get on an airplane four Fridays in a row. And in those, I mean, and think about who they played. They played at Ole Miss, at LSU, at Bama, and then A&M in Arlington. And they had the lead in, I don't know if they had the lead in the A&M game, but they had the lead in the three road games. They lost those games by 13 combined points, lose on a walk-off field goal to LSU. Rocket Sanders, who's out again, and I, I have a feeling we're not going to see him much, if any, the rest of the year. Now, um, I said last week that McLaughlin was going to play one of the best cover corners uh, in the SEC, and then he ended up not playing. But I had read that he had been cleared and been practicing. So I, I sent a message to my uh, one of my Arkansas buddies and um, about it last night, and he said he was looking into it. He hadn't gotten back to me since he said he was looking into it. So I don't know about him or Chris Paul, uh, who's another starter on defense. Both missed last week's game. I will say that A.J. Green, the running back, I'm starting to like this young guy, 6.3 yards per carry. So I think they're okay with without um, Rocket Sanders. Um, Pittman at home, and at last look, uh, they were favored by six-ish and – uh, uh, yeah, here we go. Six and a half and 48 at the moment. Uh, we don't know about Will Rogers. He's questionable. And even after they don't, even when they get back home, Mississippi State's got two weeks to prepare for them. Uh, Mississippi State last 16 is a road underdog, six and 10 against the spread. They are three and three straight up, one and five ATS, Arkansas, two and five straight up, four and three ATS. Um, at Arkansas in 21, Arkansas was fortunate to win 31-28. Mississippi State's field goal kicker missed three field goals, but I had Mike Leach plus four, and I still won, but I felt bad for Leach. Um, and then last year, Arkansas uh, did not have KJ and got drilled 40-17 to in Starkville. So six and a half and 48, what are you thinking on this one? Well, I, I, the only side I think you can play here is Arkansas. I, I, I don't see any way if you if you are a guy who wants to play a side. First and foremost, Mississippi State's defense across every metric of the advance points allowed per opportunity, uh, per possession, uh, havoc created, pressure quarterback pressures, all of the advanced analytics. Their defense is very very passive which is going to allow K.J. Jefferson to get very comfortable and be very effective. Now, Arkansas's injuries on defense, my favorite play in this game is over the 48. I, th I think this is – I think that I think they could get there at halftime. I mean, I think this could be like a 31-14. I know that's not over 48. I did go to Auburn, so math may not be my strong suit. But I see, I see Arkansas starting fast at home for the first time since mid-September – both defenses, the, you and I have seen so many 11 o'clock Central games, whether from Auburn all the way to College Station, that a lot of those teams sleepwalk early, which is an edge for the offense because nobody's getting physical and everybody's, everybody's kind of backtracking on their heels a little bit. It's also the edge for the home team. I think this is playable in both directions. I like Arkansas. I really like the over because Mississippi State had a week off. And I think they had to kind of redirect and figure out what Will Rogers does well. Because they haven't they haven't been good at that as a coaching staff to this point. They've tried to put him in a pro-style set, and it, it, it did not work anywhere close to as what he was doing 
prolifically with with Leach's sets and because uh, I was in I was in Jordan Hare when he led them back and crucified Derek Mason. But we and, all y'all were up like twenty eight to three or thirty one yeah. to three. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I remember. I remember. I kept hitting Mississippi State live like plus eighteen and a half. Oh, now they're down more plus twenty one and a half. Yeah. Well, uh, that's that's what Will Rogers does well, and I hope. I mean, I think that is coaching malpractice if they're not going to figure out what their best player, best offensive player, can do most effectively. And I mean. There's not a whole lot of loyalty for Mississippi State. I mean, this guy took over after the Mike Leach tragedy. So, I mean, I hope they spent the off week a heck of a lot better than Hugh Freeze and Auburn did. Yeah, so now if if Rodgers can't go and they seem to be pretty tight-lipped uh, about whether he can or not, Mike Wright, who started about half the games uh, for Vandy last year, and he does have 11 uh, career starts, I'm quoting Phil Steele's mag here, uh, 21 to 11 TDI and T ratio, not great, but not horrible considering he was at Vandy. And, and he's a guy that can scramble and run. He's a completely different skill set um, from Rodgers. And, yeah, it, it is – I said back in the preseason, they did not need to uh, stray too far from – I know Leach is not there, but the, the offensive – I mean, he had that he had that down to a science. He had right. that offense down to a science. But um, so what I'm going to do with this game – and I agree with you. I lean Arkansas, and I may play it if I can still get – if I can get seven or fewer, and I have a feeling Rodgers is way less than 100% are not going to play. Um, but I'm going to put them in a money line parlay um, with uh, Missouri at home to South Carolina and Bama at home to Tennessee, and that's going to play plus 155. And in my contest where I have to pick 25 specific games, I'm going to pick Arkansas. But I'm not – I don't know that I'm going to lay the number yet. Now, if McGlothern and Paul are in uniform warm, warming up and Rodgers is not, and it's I can still get seven or less, then I'll then I'll play it. But otherwise, it's just that money line uh, parlay. Okay, uh, let's go to South Carolina at uh, Missouri. And who knows where the Gamecocks uh, mindset is right now. I mean, you know, uh, they're up 10 with like five-ish minutes left and fourth and 10 and or had two fourth and 10s. Actually, Florida had one. Pearsall went up in traffic and made a great play. And then the other one, uh, Boardingham, got the ball out in the flat, like 10 or 11 yards from the stick. And he just – he didn't really break a tackle. He just kind of juked somebody. And then Trev, Trev Etienne gave him a, a nice block and he got the first down. And who knows – I mean – Florida loses if that play doesn't happen. So South Carolina's defense continues to be awful. Rattler continues to be good. Xavier Leggett continues to be like the breakout, you know, player. And now they found a running back in the last three games in Mario Anderson, who's got 287 uh, rushing yards, two touchdowns rushing, one receiving in the last three games. Um, and man, yeah, Missouri. I would have never dreamed that they would be six and one and their defense, to me, has been a little bit of a disappointment. I thought their defense was really good last year with the exception of uh, the Tennessee game and the K-State game. But um, Missouri might be a, a problem for the rest of the league moving forward, and they are, at last look, 7-60. Uh, and 60. And uh, I'm on the over, and I'll give some numbers on that uh, after we hear what uh, Jay thinks on this game. I'm 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 on the over. I saw when I saw the over, I got the over at 58 flat. 
So, and, well, I got 58 and a half, but good get by but you. But it is and, and because South Carolina's last among FBS teams in pass defense. And and it's and it's not close. They're giving up like 321 a game. And I mean, if my team was doing that, I'd probably try to kick the crap out of a Gatorade bucket too. But you're spot on, man. I mean, Rattler's a dude. And all freckle jokes aside, that kid can play. And, I mean, South Carolina's always got two or three sneaky guys that end up being on an NFL team on Sunday night football when they introduce the lineups. And they like go like, Stephon Gilmore. South Carolina. And, I mean, and so, I mean, they've always got, like, some athletes that you you look up and go, wow, that guy went to South Carolina. And I think if they put, if they put 20, 20, 21 on the board, this game cruises over because Missouri's going to light them up. Yep. No question about that. And, um, yeah, so not only they're dead last of 133 FBS teams in pass defense, uh, but they are also – oh, gosh, wrong write-up because I'm also in Missouri. Okay, here we go. Um, they are 124 in total defense, 108 in scoring D. So the over 7-2 and two in the Gamecocks last nine going back to late last year, 4-1 and one in their last five, and those four overs combined scores of 80, 61, 67, and 68. And then – Mizzou is on a six and one run uh, to the over. They're averaging 33.9 uh, points per game. And look, Missouri's 74th in pass defense. So I think Rattler and Leggett uh, will have big days. And so the over is my main play. And then I, agree. I, also, I, yeah. I agree with you because I think Rattler, I mean, it, it could be very much what LSU Missouri was. That, and then, okay, LSU covered because they got a late pick six. So, but if you want to take the stress off, this game, this game's going to hit 60 by the first possession of the fourth quarter. Yep, I agree. I agree. And actually, I, I, I remember tweeting it. I think uh, the Kentucky game with Mizzou last week went over with 1243 left in the fourth quarter. So about, about the same uh, right there. And let's also, I mean, not, you know, in the last four or five years, not many people go into Kroger Field and deal out a 17-point shellacking. I mean, maybe maybe Georgia's done it once, maybe twice. I think they only won 16-6 to six there last year. Um, but you don't go in there and win by 17 very often these days. So that was – and they were down 14-zip. And how about Drinkwitz calling a fake punt? And not just a fake punt, a punter catch the ball and throw a bomb for a touchdown. That was interesting. No, hey, uh, that dude, and he's got a fair amount of swagger now. I mean, oh, yeah. he ain't afraid to just put it out there on the table and say, "Here it is, boys. Let's let's let what we got. Let's go." Well, when he gave Mullen basically the pink slip, Mullen had had the Darth Vader. Darth Gator outfit the year before, and he, he comes out with some sword. At the yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. And he's get, and he's getting these five-star recruits from St. Louis, and I think there's one coming up here in this class is going to make a decision here soon, and I'm sure the 6-1 start does not hurt their uh, chances. So, also, I, I'm going to be on Mizzou also, but let me absolutely be clear. I'm on the over way more. In you fact, the over's, the over's my favorite play of the entire uh, weekend. Uh, and that'll lead us into our next one because 
Uh, I know you're going to be on this over as well. And how in the world are we getting another LSU over in the 50s? Uh, the over is on a 7-0 run for LSU this year, 11-0 dating back to last year, 15-1 in their last 16. The only under was when it was about 15 degrees in the Ozarks and the wind was blowing and K.J. Jefferson did not play that game. Um, their combined scores this year. 69, 82, 65, 104, 88, and 60. Um, and they did have 155, but that was at Mississippi State when they were up four touchdowns, three and a half minutes left in the third, and they just hit the brakes offensively, or that one would have gone over. I won't bore you with all their awesome offensive stats and their horrible defensive stats, but I, Army's got a couple of key guys on offense that are a little banged up, but from what I was reading yesterday, it, they, it sounded optimistic to play. And, and even if they got their backups, I think they can still score 14 to 21 on LSU's abysmal defense running that kind of offense that they haven't only had a you know a little one week to prepare for. So I'm on that over, and I got 57 and a half, and it looks like it is 58. Now, what say you on Army at LSU? I already know you're going to be on the over without you even telling me. Well, I mean, I've been on the over all year. I mean, and it, and I didn't even really like the over last week, but you and I both admitted that you have to play the over because we're going to dance with who brung us. So, I mean, LSU has made money going over every single week. Here's the other part of that. What you said is 100% right about that offense. That's one busted – assignment whether it's in the first quarter or the fourth quarter with third string dudes who are not going to be ready for that that triple option that army's going to run at them and that turns into one or two touchdowns for army right and here's the other part of this lsu may get 55 on their own ball yes so i mean is it is it a little concerning that you you may think brian kelly's going to take the air completely out of it because everybody loves the Army football players and the Navy football players because, by God, we know when they turn in their helmets and pads, they put on the uniform that really matters. And we love all those dudes. Like, LSU's painted the end zone camouflage and looks really cool. They're still going to put 49 on in the first half because Army can't stop them. Army cannot stop LSU. Yeah. And that sums it up. The over is the play – on this one. All right, let's go Tennessee at Alabama. Right now, we've got Alabama at eight and a half and 48 and a half. Uh, I made the number seven. So going by my number, I should lean Tennessee, but I just don't. They've lost nine in a row in at Bryant Denny. And I just, I had Tennessee last week and I got a dub. I had to kind of sweat it out to the end. Um, I just gonna I just confident Alabama's gonna win. Now I'm not confident Alabama's gonna cover either, but I'm gonna put it in that money line parlay that I mentioned with Mizzou and Arkansas that pays plus one fifty five. That's all that I am going uh to do on this game. What are you thinking? Are you gonna be in action on this one? Uh I am in action. I think this is under forty eight and a half. Uh I think this is gonna be uh a tug of war that's gonna be ugly at times because Joe Milton is not going to handle this environment real well. The eight and a half is a really – man, when Vegas has their their antenna focused in on something like this, one of my main gambling rules 
is lines that look too good to be true almost always are. And this really feels like a one-score game. So, like you said, it feels like Tennessee should be the play. But then you start to think, how many coaches in Saban's 15 years of dominance in the SEC have had SEC winning streaks against that dude? Because if Heifel figured out a way to go down there and win, that'd be two in a row. And that is a very small team picture. A very small team picture. I think Saban had this one circled from when he had – he had a kick six sideline meltdown at the end of the Tennessee game last year. He's going to tell them about storming the field and the Alabama player who pushed the old woman – and all the other heat that happened with that. And I, I think Alabama's going to be ready to play. But I think Tennessee's front seven defensively is – and we saw it last week, especially if you were on it, because I love Tennessee only laying uh, the three last I was week. On them. Their defense is every bit as good as the front seven that A&M threw at Alabama that had Alabama stifled. Yeah. And I just think this is going to be a game that goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Last year's game was a score fest. This year's game is going to be a rock fight. So I'm on the under 48 and a half. That makes a lot of sense. Just throwing a, a few stats at you. So Bama's won nine in a row at home, specifically to the Vols. Only four and five against the spread, but they've won those games by an average margin of 20.9 points per game. Bama's 40, 29, and three against the spread. Uh, whatever that math is, 72, last 72 games is a home favorite. Um, and then Heupel's only been a road dog uh, four times, one in three against the spread. And, and again, on Joe Milton handling the environment, uh, they've only, this is only their second true road game because they had the Virginia game in Nashville. So he, Milton did not play that great uh, at Florida. No, he so did not. No. So there is that. All right, Ole Miss at Auburn. I, did I hear a rumor that Ole Miss has not won back-to-back games against Auburn in like seven decades? Is, did I hear that rumor? Yes. That and okay. yes. And uh, until Saturday. <laughs> I mean, but, <laughs> it's hard to have a whole lot of confidence. I mean, if the defense is going to figure out a way to hold Ole Miss to 13 points, I don't know if Auburn can get – 17. I mean, so inconsistent, so frustrating. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to believe that it was not that long ago that Carry on Johnson was running through Alabama and tennis and Georgia. And uh, you look up, you're thinking Gus Malzahn's gonna be wow. Quick side tangent. I know we're on southeastern 14. Gus Malzahn is pooping his pants more than a fat baby who ate chili. I mean, that good gravy. What's going on with that? And he's about to go to Oklahoma, and Dylan Gabriel is going to baptize his sweater-wearing vest. I mean, holy buckets. I hope Hugh Freeze is good. But in the grand scheme of things, if Hugh Freeze turns out not to be the guy, we got a chance to go hire Dion in two and a half years anyway. Ah, will he still be available? Well, He's going to be available wherever he is. I just don't know if he'll be at Colorado. And, wow, what a meltdown that was late last Friday night. Oh, my word. Wow. And because it was so late. 
that was one of those games that if you had Colorado and what was it like 18, something like, I mean, it was, it was a pretty big number. Yeah. And you go to bed at like close to midnight and it's 21, nothing. Those are the worst. I mean, yeah. you and I texted about the bad beat that West Virginia had in the midweek game last week yes. on the Hail Mary. And that yes. sucked. But yes. at least we were watching that. You go to bed up 29 nothing, and Colorado's in complete control. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up and check the score, and you go, what the hell? Yeah. Actually, you may have even checked, like, your FanDuel or your your – your DraftKings account. Didn't like the number of that balance. Wrong. Something wrong. Refresh, refresh, refresh. Refresh. Wrong. Y'all cheated me. I went to bed and Dion was killing people. A hundred percent. Did you see the SNL skit? You know, I, I saw a little teaser for it. I have yet to go watch it. It's hilarious. Gotta, it is, it is hilarious. And and about, it, did you see Shadur was posting something on Instagram at halftime? Did you hear oh. about that? No, I did well, not. But does that shock you? I saw, I saw his, I saw his NIL number today, uh, reported by somebody in in Atlanta. A nice, tidy four point six mil. Nice, nice. That is nice. Well, maybe, maybe he will. I, I, I know that uh, Coach Prime has already told him, you're not going pro. You, you coming back here next year? And- Let him come back, and then, hey, in two years. I would love, love, love Coach Prime to be coaching our Falcons. I would love it. I would swear to God I'd love it. I would I would, love I would, it. I, and the city would love it. And you won't talk about the hottest ticket in the NFL. Let Coach Prime coach the Falcons. He's on the record he doesn't ever want to coach in the NFL, but who knows? Money talks. Right. Um, I, I will um, – I will say this, and then we'll move on just because we're doing SEC show, not an NFL show. When have you seen enough, Arthur Blank? When are you going to get rid of this clown show of Arthur Smith? My gracious goodness. All right. Uh, what do we, so we got the Georgia and Florida are off. By the way, look ahead lines out. If you haven't seen it, what do you think Georgia's favored by? 14. You are correct. Right on the money. Right on the money. A&M is off. Have we covered every SEC game already? I, we did not pick Ole Miss Auburn. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't have a pick on that. I don't either. Um, I don't I don't like any part of that game. No. And you know, Trey Harris, I don't we don't know if he's playing and he is a vital vital part of that offense. Now, I will say pre-scorn the tight end that was away from the team for a minute his his father passed away unfortunately. Uh he is back with the team and Lane did say that Zachary Franklin had a good open date. Whatever that means. Vandy's also off. I think we've gone through the SEC slate. So let's. Is Kentucky off? I uh, believe. So, yeah, they've got two weeks to prepare for Tennessee. That's the only other look ahead SEC line that DraftKings put out. So, with two weeks to prepare in Tennessee coming off a rivalry game and a revenge game for Bama, what do you think the line is for Tennessee at Kentucky next week? Tennessee at Kentucky, I would probably say. That was a bad loss for Kentucky against Missouri now. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I know he's going to end up setting a whole lot of records up there because of longevity. Stoops is making a crutch ton of money to turn in a whole bunch of – hope we get to the Music City Bowl. Um, 
I'd go Tennessee three and a half. God, look at you. Right on it. Back to back. There you go. And it, it, that's a scary game if you're Tennessee. They've oh. got a week to prepare. they got a week to prepare. Really pissed off. And you're about to go get into a rock fight in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, and you got to travel two weeks to grow. I was talking about this being one of the worst spots in the country all, um, all you know, July, August. And, and in the preseason, I picked Kentucky. I don't know that what we'll see how Tennessee plays uh, on in terms of who I pick. I'll wait. I'll make that uh, decision next week. Also, uh, congratulations to Vandy, first spread cover of the year. They played those boys pretty tough, pretty tough. And now Georgia really now. They've really only looked really impressive against Kentucky. And now they got to get docked a point or two for that after we saw what Mizzou did in Lexington. So um, now their game against Florida looks a little more interesting. Missouri's got two weeks to prepare. Uh, Georgia will be coming off a rivalry game. And then Ole Miss looks somewhat interesting and maybe they'll finally have all their skill players healthy when that and you know Bowers definitely I, I can't imagine him being back before the Tennessee game no. I mean may, maybe at Tennessee but not for Ole Miss so uh those home games with Missouri and Ole Miss look a lot more daunting than they did in August there's no doubt about that absolutely and and Bowers aside the Missouri game looks more daunting because Missouri looks good yeah I mean Brady Cook is not Jaden Daniels, who Jaden Daniels is SC player of the year. Period, exclamation point, end of sentence, hard return, whatever, however you want to write it up in old school journalism lingo. This is Jaden Daniels is that guy. He is he is that guy. Yeah, maybe, maybe he could be our Falcons next quarterback. Way better than what we got. We just got to get rid of Arthur Smith, man, because we got to get Kyle Pitts and Drake London wanting to be in Atlanta. I can't fathom them wanting to be there anymore with this nonsense. I mean, it's it's insanity. And, and I'm saying when it, they branch off, when they branch off Southeastern 14 to NFC South four, you and I are we are locked and loaded, baby. We are <laughs> locked and loaded. Oh yeah, we we got plenty plenty of content to work with there. All right, let's get to some of our non SEC. Uh, picks and call me crazy, and I know they're no fun to watch, and I might not watch a play, and it, it's got as much to do with Minnesota being a disappointment. I'm betting Iowa this week. I bought the half point from three and a half to three, and if you can't do that, or if they're charging you a ridiculous price, you can't do it for like minus 125 or minus 130. Maybe don't even play this, or maybe just make it a small play, and if your number's four, Definitely only making a small play, but I, if you're tailing me. But I'm going with Iowa. Um, Minnesota's got injuries. Minnesota's only wins, they got extremely fortunate to beat Nebraska in week one. Other than that, they've only beat Louisiana at home, and they barely covered by two. They won by 11 as nine-point favorites. And um, and then they – oh, gosh um, – Trying to look at my write up there. Other oh, um, it is yeah, they beat Eastern Michigan and didn't cover their one in five ATS. They got beat by 42 by Michigan. They got beat by 18 by North Carolina. They lost at Northwestern. And uh yeah, 
Iowa plays great defense. They got the best punter in the country, and that really means something when you you know play that style that they play. I think Iowa wins. I think they cover. So there's one of my non-conference, non-SEC picks. What you got over there? Just well, I, I there's no way I would ever play that game because I actually <laughs> rather go get a flu shot than watch them play. The uh, did you see the total on that game? Thirty-one and a half, the third lowest in twenty years, is what my buddy Gary Sharp said. I don't. I didn't, Thirty-one I didn't. and a half. Yeah. Thirty-one and a half. Holy snot! I I bet LSU's first half total is higher than that. Oh, easily. So uh, if we're if we're and this probably won't be up in time for a Thursday night game because there's a couple of I, I like a couple of the games tonight. Uh, and we're recording this on Thursday. I am – I'm taking Utah plus the seven for two reasons. One, Kyle Whittingham is a dude. He's that guy. He's the guy Florida should have broke the bank for. And Kyle Whittingham should be at Florida, and he'd be having tons of success. He uh, wanted it when we hired Muschamp. When we hired Muschamp right. in 2014, uh, he wanted it. And uh, – from what I was told, Foley w- went to Austin to meet with Muschamp and was on his way to Salt Lake afterward, but Muschamp blew him away and he never made it, and Whittingham was pissed. That's what I was told on from some people in the know in Utah. All right, and here's the other part, and I don't know how many of our, our viewers, listeners, subscribers know this. Caleb Williams is a, is a dude. I'm not. I'm not saying – but that offense can get flummoxed and constipated against good defenses. Try these numbers out, Brad, uh, Brian. And I know you're more you're more of the numbers stats driven guy. But Caleb Williams in five career games against top twenty five scoring defenses, seventy six of one forty eight for eight hundred eighty yards with six TDs and six picks. Utah is fifth in the country in scoring defense at 13.8 points a game. Um, actually, I I thought my number was there at number five, but it's 12.2 is what I saw. 13.8 against uh, FBS folks. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, and we know while Utah can can certainly get clogged offensively as well, uh. That USC defense is like grandma's chili. That'll clean you out, brother, because you'll be able to run through them like 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 grass through a goose. Yeah, so I'm also on Utah. Uh, 13 and three against the spread, last 16 as a road underdog. Their lone loss this season in Corvallis, where Oregon State's on a 16 and one run, both straight up and against the spread. Uh, Utah's lost by more than seven, only four times in the last 32 games, and two were in Corvallis. So I give two mulligans there, and all the all the stuff that you said. I mean, Utah is better at the line of scrimmage, right? Um, and they're just better in the trenches, period. And is like you said, as dreadful as they are offensively, they're nasty on defense. Only one team has scored more than 14 points, and that was Oregon State, and that was on the road. And Well, this was on the road, too. And they only scored 21. And Utah's beaten this team three in a row. Beat them twice last year. 
So I agree. Uh, one more non-con for me. I'm going to go Miami and Clemson. That's in South Florida. I'm going to go over uh, 48 and a half. Uh, Hurricanes, uh, a high-scoring game last week, uh, 72 combined against Carolina, had 81 combined against A&M. Uh, the Canes averaged 37.7. Clemson averages 30.2.2. 32.2. And Miami's low scoring games have been when they've played G5 or Bethune Cookman because those other teams haven't been able to score. Now, they did have a low scoring game against Georgia Tech 23 20, but those teams combined for seven turnovers uh, in that game. So uh, I think Will Shipley's going to have a lot of success running the ball, screen passes, et cetera. I think that's when get uh, 48 and a half is a pretty low number. I think that one go, goes over. Uh, you got any more? I got one more. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get back in the country road. Take me home. Uh, it's a difficult trip from Stillwater, Oklahoma, to Morgantown, West Virginia. I mean, there aren't a whole lot of direct flights to be taken from that place to that place. And I think West Virginia, who had a little extra time off, who uh, is I think West Virginia's gonna come out salty, and I don't know how much gas is left in Mike Gundy's tank. That team is way different on the road compared to when they're at home. Uh, they haven't. They yes, they beat Kansas as a home dog last week, but they hadn't looked real good in a whole lot of opportunities. And this really feels like one of those games that West Virginia starts banging the drum. Yeah, this one's on my radar. I haven't played it. I, I lean the way you're leaning. Now, so when it's three and a half like that, I think I asked you this a week or two ago. Do you, do you buy the half point of the key number of three on a game like this? Only depending on what the juice is, on on, on what you got to right. pay. Because, gotcha. I mean, I've had a lot of success on my on my call, on my Jays plays afternoon email <laughs> with a whole lot of baseball plays. And if I like a baseball team, I'm way more likely – to bet and give up the run and a half to get better odds. Better odds. No, I'm with yeah. you on that. And so, I, I but I don't want to. I'll never pay anything north of 140, even oh, to no. get. So yeah, no, uh, me neither. But uh, I, I actually think, I think, and here's the other part. After that hail mary, we're now back to the discussion of Neil Brown coaching for his job. So, yeah. I mean. I, I, I like West Virginia in this spot a great deal, to be honest about it. And I, I, I swear to goodness, uh, when when you are got a Hail Mary play coming, I, I know they only rushed three, but the fourth linebacker did not drop back. I mean, come on, man. I'm okay with rushing two. Get, and get a D lineman off the field for a, a, a wide receiver. Or, or, uh, come rushing, on, man. Rushing three with a spy is I, – I used this phrase before, but – we ought to, we honestly should come up with a guideline of coaching malpractice. Rush, yes. Rushing three from midfield with a spy, because dear God, you want the quarterback to run. Yes. Into lateral madness. Yes. Hey, either rush one or rush five, so that he doesn't have time to let everybody get down in the end zone and and throw one up and have that kind of crap happen. But don't don't be in the middle and have. Number 56, we're running around going, Ooh, look at me. I'm in the middle field. Yeah, I was wa I'm watching it live, and the linebacker's like three yards from the line of scrimmage. And I'm like, back up, dude. What are you doing? And then he didn't back up. And then I was like, 
Oh, and now he's got time to throw. I was like, oh, I don't feel good about this. And I'll be damned. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. So that's stunk. All right. Uh, wrap it up here. Final minute or two with uh, on bets and ball games with Edwards and Greason. And by the way, please uh, spread the word to any friends that you think will enjoy listening to our banter about uh, wagers and SEC shenanigans. Uh, let's see. I'm going to throw one more pick out at you. Uh, well, I'm going to say Bucks minus two and a half in the NFL. I'm going to say un- under 40 tonight on Saints Jags, whether Trevor plays or not under on a 12 and 0 run for the Saints 15 and one in their last 16, but the last college one. And I, I know many of our listeners will be like, huh? But actually, if they're familiar with me, they know I like to play my Eastern Michigan Eagles, my side squad, and they are catching 12 and a half at Northern Illinois for some reason. They're 2-0 and as double-digit dogs this year, 11-2 and against the spread last 13 as double-digit dogs, last 20 as a road underdog against MAC opponents, 18-2 and against the spread, and uh, any road underdog spot, 26-7 and against the spread. Give me Eastern Michigan plus 12 and a half to Northern Illinois. And if you got anything else, let them know about Jay's plays, the five at 10 and all that good stuff. Uh, it's all found at timesfreepress.com right here in the, uh, the mothership in Chattanooga. Been in the sports department and at times was even the sports editor for going on the last 20 years. The five at 10 is my morning column. I've got a handful of SEC picks. We've covered them. Uh, up right now, uh, 5 of 10 at timesfreepress.com, and you can sign up for Jay's Plays, which started a year ago today, Brian, or a year ago yesterday. Nice. And so plus 80, night, plus 80 last, and change? After last night's 3-1, and one, I had the Astros over 4.5. I had the game total over 9. And then I had – uh, I had over 52 and a half in South Alabama, Southern Miss, and South Alabama got it on his Southern Miss, maybe the worst football team in the country. They're about to be looking for a coach. But uh, with that, haven't done the final math, but I think in a year I'm up 96 units in change. That is incredible. Smoking. That Smoking. is. I, I doubt you'll have another one-year stretch no, like no, that. God no. <laughs> it's going to be no. tough. I mean, it's going to be I tough. With, I met with our family's financial planner, and she wants my advice. I, <laughs> I don't pick stocks, woman. I pick ball games. I got bets in ball games. You need to listen to me and Brian. There we go. All right. Great stuff. All right. Again, please tell your friends, spread the word. Uh, bets and ball games with Edwards and Greason usually going to be up uh, late Thursday or even early Friday. And uh, we are over and out. Best of luck with all your bets. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.